Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moore. So this week on the podcast, we have the brilliant Michelle McGrath. Michelle is a model and a singer, and she's currently acting on stage with me. Uh, we're having uh, the best of times. We've been on stage loads lately. Michelle's sitting opposite me, so I'm kind of just talking to her while doing her own intro. It's all very meta in here. Uh, but we're on stage working on Copperface Jacks, the musical, coming to the Olympia Theatre. We talk about it a little bit on the podcast, but uh, we're previewing from this July the 5th. It opens on the 10th, which is a Tuesday, and we run right the way through till the middle of August, uh, August 12th. And it's deadly. There's loads of shows. It's been done with puppets. It's got an amazing cast. Johnny Warden, Rosanna Purcell, and uh, Michelle at the centre of things. And we actually name everyone at the end of the podcast. So if you want to hear the whole gang, just tune in. And it's written by the brilliant Paul Howard, who you best know from the Ross O'Carroll Kelly books uh, and his column in the Irish Times. And um, he's just smashing. So uh, we're having a great time doing it. And uh, I'd love for you to see it uh, in other news that's really it uh, there'll be podcasts coming to you right the way through the summer it is so sweltering hot in this theatre Michelle, me and Michelle well I'll speak for myself I'm just fecking sweating doing this thing but uh, we'll be bringing you podcast uh, right through the summer and um, if you're listening for the first time First of all, welcome. Second of all, where have you been? And third of all, maybe tell a friend uh, and let them know uh, what we do here. And um, we've got some excellent episodes lined up coming to you. And uh, yeah, there's loads in the can for you to get stuck into. So guys, without further ado, please enjoy the brilliant Michelle McGrath playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. Michelle McGrath, ready to play Personality Bingo? Eek. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. This has been a long time coming. It has. You're waiting for me since December. I mean, you've been playing very hard to get. Okay, have I? <laughs> I feel very lucky. Okay. Um, sweet. Right, I'll give you a quick explainer of how it all yes. works. Um, so basically, I have 60 balls in here, 60 minutes on the clock, and 60 corresponding questions. Uh, I've also given you five numbers. Would you do me a favour and read out the five numbers? Okay, so 237, 25, 16 and 53. Oh, rapid fire. I like it. Will you do me another favour and pick a sixth number, something between one and 60 that's not already there? Yeah. What'd you go for? Four. Four. Any reason? I just l- love the number four. I don't know. I always pick four for some reason. Ah. Like if I'm doing the lotto, four is always in it. Do you do the lotto ever? Yeah, the odd time. Have you ever like got money? F- no. Yeah. Which makes me think that I shouldn't be doing the lotto. But anyway. I know, but like if you do... It's always that positive positive mindset of like, one of these days I might win the Euro mil- Millions. Imagine. What, yeah. what, what would you do with it, do you think? You'd definitely buy like a beautiful house, I feel like. I feel like I would look after my family. Okay. So I'd buy them all, ho- like I'd look after all their mortgages and then I would take my family on a holiday. And then Why do you I give such a more wholesome answer than me? I was like, you'd buy a house and you're like, no, I'd, I'd give, it, give it away. <laughs> And I, yeah, look after my friends if uh, my friends if they needed looking after. Would you look after me? Maybe. <laughs> Play your cards right. Okay, well, we'll see how this interview goes. <laughs> and I should say that if all six of your numbers do come out, which never happened, but it won't okay. happen to you, um, that means that the tables are turned and you get to ask me any question in the whole wide world. And I'll give you a completely honest answer. Okay. We should also say this is the warmest day in the world. It is. And this I'm room is... Melting. Yeah. We're, we're, we, so if we do die... Mid-podcast, we'll both know we died doing what we love, talking to each other. Okay. <laughs> Don't leave a gap like that. It makes us sound insincere. All right, sweet. Fuck it. Will we give it a spin? Go. Let's do it. All right, here we go. First out the gate, we have number 20. Do you have it? No. No worries. Number 20. The question is, um, if you were to have an autobiography, what would the title be? Let's workshop some ideas. Have you thought about this before? Is there something you'd be interested in doing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I thought... I've actually thought about this for an album. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there you go. Uh, Scars. Scars? Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like um, throughout my life, yeah, there's been like loads of highs and loads of lows and things that like have stayed with me that, yeah, if I was maybe writing an an autobiography or an album, yeah, I would entitle it Scars. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what like... What what what's your like thoughts on how important they are? Because like there's all these quotes about like that it's you know it's like your failures that you learn from you don't learn from like winning and all this sort of stuff. Like has that been true in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I think that like every 
door that closed for me or every like opportunity that I went through that I you know didn't get something that maybe I was hoping to get or was upset about it definitely taught me a lesson and it led on to like as cliches as it sounds but bigger and better things mm. and um yeah all a learning curve yeah I mean what what for you like in terms of, like your like career and stuff like that like what what was the biggest like disappointment that you've had there's this question in this podcast I love, right? And it's mm. called uh, Industry Standard with Barry Katz. It's really good. You probably like it. And it's a, it's like, it's a lot of like, you know, showbiz people. But that's one of the questions he asks. And I think it's brilliant. He asks, what's your biggest career disappointment and how did you use it to get yourself to the next level? Okay. I think it's a really good question. Yeah, it is a good question. So, um, years ago, um, I met Louis Walsh. Mm. So when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a singer so I looked up to the likes of Louis Walsh obviously because he had huge success with Boyzone and uh, Westlife Samantha Mumba all Irish acts who I really like loved and I just thought when I was a kid growing up that like to have Louis Walsh manage me would be like hitting the big time mm. so I met Louis and he um had the idea of a girl band um and I went on to audition for the girl band. Unfortunately, I didn't get into the girl band. Um, it was a, a big process over six months. And the band that was formed was of a girl band called Wonderland. And yeah, kind of, it was like a six month process of auditions and record companies and uh, records, like recording studios. And yeah, I suppose at the, the final hurdle, I didn't get it. So it was like they picked the five people and it was like see you later Michelle you didn't get into the band and I remember that feeling just being like oh my god like I've worked so hard for this and it's something that I really really wanted and I was so almost like militant with myself mm. with how I went about my life for those six months like I was really careful about what I ate I like worked out I danced every day to make sure that like my stamina was up that I was able to sing and dance at the same time um, I practiced every day. I didn't drink alcohol. I was literally so focused and just my goal was like to be in the band. And yeah, the final hurdle, I didn't get into the band and I was literally devastated. I remember like I didn't get out of bed for like possibly two weeks. Mm -hmm. and, like my mum would knock on the door and leave the dinner outside because I'd locked myself in my room. My mum would like knock on the door and leave like my dinner outside the door. And I just didn't like I was devastated. It was awful. And I remember like a friend rang me and he was like how are you doing and I was just like I'm actually like so like devastated I don't want to get out of bed and he was just like right well what you have to do now is you've got to get out of bed and you've got to just get on with life because that's this is life and you're gonna be throwing curveballs and things aren't gonna go your way and you just need to pick yourself up and you just need to move on and that was the best advice I could have ever been given um at that time and I did exactly that and I picked myself up and I decided I was going to move to London and I booked flights to move to London um, bags were packed I was off and I got a call from a guy who turned out then to be my music manager James Highland and he had an opportunity he was putting a group together for Eurovision and he wanted me to be in the group so I was like okay great I'll uh, I'll do this group uh, which went on to become my pop group that I was in called Industry um, and I was in the group and we didn't actually go and do Eurovision in the end. We went and recorded an album and we released a couple of singles. Um, two number ones? Two number ones, Wait. which was, uh, yeah, which was pretty amazing. Because like when I was a kid growing up, I had this list of things that I wanted to achieve. And one of the achievements was I wanted to have a number one in Ireland and I wanted to play the Point Depot. Mm -hmm. And uh, with industry, I got to achieve both of those goals, which was amazing. And... I met like some of my best friends even up until this day. It was like 10 years ago that I was, 10 years ago this year actually. We need to have a, re a reunion. Mm. But um, yeah, it was an amazing time and a, an amazing experience and so much fun. And I made some of my best friends like being James, um, who was my manager and Donald Skeen, I think. Mm. Do you know Donald? He's yeah. um, doing very well now. He's a tele-chef. Tele uh, yeah, and uh, Lee and Morgan. Yeah, so we all became really, really close and just it was a mad experience but something that like you know had I gone into Wonderland had that have happened for me life would be probably very different right. um for me and I was just lucky that that I got the opportunity so I always like to think of it as like even when you're at your lowest low and you think like oh my god like 
life is over if you just say like, oh my God, you don't get you don't get the role that you wanted or you don't whatever. Something good always comes. So it's just about remaining positive and having that um, attitude that anything is possible and good things happen to good people. Yeah, do you know what's really funny? Like my uh, dad, right? My dad's mm. from like Crumlin or whatever and he'd be just like, he'd be just a dad. Do you know what I mean? Like a Irish dude in his like mid-50s or whatever. Uh, wouldn't be like particularly like, you know, like, like a lot of our generation now are like big into, you know, like, well, I don't know, like, like hashtag positivity or like yeah. hashtag mindfulness, all this stuff. And it's great. And it's, it's genuinely probably a really good thing. My dad didn't grow up in that area. It wouldn't be mm. like that. But uh, but he has this like um sort of like mantra thing now. I think I, I, my mom must have got him to start doing it. Like that's the only reason, like reasoning I could yeah. think as to how he'd, he'd have developed it. But he has this thing now and he says, oh, I just find it so funny because it's so not how I would associate my dad in my head. But he, he has this phrase. So like anything happens. So like the other day, he was flying back from holidays and they got delayed for a good bit. Right. Which would drive him mad. But what he says to himself, he's like, well, good things are always happening. Mm. Good things are always happening. Yeah. Good things are always happening. And it's just really funny because it's not what I would associate. But like, I mean, yeah, and, and sometimes I hear him like, fucking idiot. Like, what do you stop? But like, he's right. He's that's a bit mean. Oh, uh, yeah. That's I'm, a little bit mean. Yeah, but like, that's in my head. But like, but like, yeah. I don't say that out loud because I'm like, yeah, but fair balls to him. He's like trying to have a positive outlook. Well, don't get me wrong. Like there's days where you'll have a shit day and you'll like want to cry and or you'll be annoyed at somebody or, but it's how you, I think it's how you cope mm-hmm. in that situation or if you're having an argument with somebody, it's how actually, yeah, how you cope in that situation. And it's just about like maybe staying a bit calmer Mm -hmm. thinking about it before you react really quickly in a situation and yeah just knowing that like that something great is always just around the corner and when the bad thing happened so when you didn't get into yeah like uh, I was literally devastated of course like I lit and I never I'm not like a person that would ever cry Mm. and I remember just like crying for two weeks you don't ever cry no yeah I don't I don't like really ever cry really be something like would have to really upset me yeah again maybe that's maybe that's my mind frame i don't know yeah but like although i think that there's like nothing wrong with crying and i probably wish that um i don't know that was probably a little bit more emotional but yeah i just i don't know yeah i I, don't really cry yeah i yeah it's really funny i when i was a kid i used to think about i'd be a crier I, i don't cry that often but like like for example, I cried this week. I uh, definitely, and I cried last week. Definitely. Now, okay, why? Before that, I probably didn't cry for a, a, a good while. I can tell you why. Um, I I was, uh, I have this wonderful, wonderful. She's like my favorite person, therapist, right? Okay, yeah. And her name's uh, Brona, and okay. she's great, and I love her. And I used to go see her a lot. Um, just you know, n- nothing particularly serious. It was just like some stuff. Yeah. Growing up and whatever, and now I go less and less and less. Um, but then the other day we d- we d- did this thing where like my whole family went to see her like oh, in wow. a group okay. which was like mad. So like you're dealing with like everyone's shit, you know yeah. what I mean? And we're not like a particularly dysfunctional family. Well, maybe we are. I, d- I don't even know. Isn't everybody's family dysfunctional though? I'm sure. Uh, hands down, I don't know one family that isn't. I think you're right. So, so we were there, uh, but it was just mad being in a room where you're like, I have two younger brothers yeah. and a mum and dad in my house yeah. uh, if I'm at home, right? And it was just so mad and like, oh my God, I cried. Like it wasn't even, I didn't cry like a baby. I cried like like a man who just lost his shit because it was just, I, gu- I guess it was just so much stuff from like growing up and from your childhood. Mm. And it's just, it was, but it's amazing because like you know me quite well and like I'd be a very like... Open person, open. You're very open. Okay, cool. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. And like very like quite like happy and uh yeah positive uh, outgoing i would think so yeah and then like but then it was so funny when someone just started to like dig a little bit under the surface i was like just it I just made me really but it throws insane. you out of your comfort zone so that's why you feel like that totally and i think that every single person well i can only this is my yeah opinion but uh everybody should talk to somebody mm. and um like therapy is good mm. and like if we were in america every single person would probably have a therapist so why is it so taboo in ireland yeah. that um people go and talk to somebody and what's like why is that still almost like shielded or like that people don't want to be upfront and honest about it right do you go to um, i have done in the past i've gone to see a counselor but um did you like it was it helpful I'll tell you what, yeah. uh, personally, I, yeah, I went to see a counsellor when I went through uh, a breakup years ago, maybe like six years ago. Right. 
and I just didn't connect with the the lady. Yeah. Um, I really didn't connect with her, and I thought. I went back like three times, and I just thought, okay, maybe I'm just unemotional <laughs> mm. um, because everyone was like to me, oh yeah, when when you go to see a therapist, you're gonna sit there and you're gonna cry, and I was like. I went in and although like I was going through a hard time, I didn't feel like I wanted to sit there and cry. I felt like I wanted to talk about what I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And she just kind of nodded. And she wasn't really like, she, even the things that I was like, wanted to tackle or wanted to discuss or to delve deeper, she wasn't really doing that. Really? Yeah. That makes me so disappointed because like I, I have friends who've had bad experiences as well and I think it can be really alienating because as you said you didn't think like because it sounds to me like she was just a bit shit but like you think that mm. it's you because as you said like my friend said I might cry and then you're not crying and you're like why am I crying whereas and, and by the way like you absolutely like uh, for example when my whole family went like it w I was the only one who started crying because it just it hit me that day you know what yeah. I mean and I would be quite emotional and I would be quite yeah. open but like um yeah, I, I think that's the biggest tragedy when people go to some of this kind of shit. But I would say to anyone, and the advice that I would give to anyone is that um, keep trying. Yeah. Like, don't just stop because you don't uh, connect with one person. Right. You've got to just keep trying. And if it's something that you're, if something that you're really unhappy about or that you feel like you need to speak about, well then go and get that help. Or you know, because it's only a positive thing. I did. Um, I did meet an amazing lady who um, has definitely changed my life mm. for the better. Her name is Judith Judith McAdam. Sounds like this is where you come out as gay now. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> she is fabulous. She's right. a kinesiologist. Oh. Um, oh, what is that? Okay, so it basically, it's a form of like CBT, which is like cognitive therapy, mm -hmm. where it um, looks to access your subconscious mind. Yeah. And it's so interesting. And I feel like in another life that I will study this and this will be what I want to do because it's so interesting. And Judith is like an incredible lady who's just so interesting and positive and she's got the most amazing energy. It's all about like energies and connections and your chakras and your aura and um, getting to a place of where you feel at ease. And like a lot of people at the moment and especially in the last couple of years, I've noticed a huge um a huge kind of like outpouring a lot more people talking about anxiety and uh depression so it's about like uh, going to your inner child mm. uh which she she always describes so when you feel like you're um off balance mm -hmm. or you're overwhelmed or um you're just not feeling yourself or you're put in a situation where you might feel anxious just to go to your inner child and just like it's almost like having a relationship with your inner child and your inner child is your subconscious and, and about calming that down and just letting your inner child know that everything's okay and it's going to be fine and you know not to worry and not to to try not to worry and try not to get overwhelmed because we have like all of these different triggers in our lives that um yeah we all have like what you're saying about your childhood and you went to therapy or whatever and you know you cried this time this time when you went with your family because mm. there was obviously a trigger that made you emotional that um yeah that just hit you somewhere and, and was really deep that made you want to um to cry or t to feel it and Judith is like she's just an incredible woman like my sessions although she does like Reiki as well um my sessions with her are very much about creating your own reality and creating your own life mm. and it's they're so positive and so amazing that you come out of you come out and you're like oh my god I can take on the world and it's so mad about things that like I had wanted to happen six months ago that I discussed with her in sessions have all come true mm. um so she's she's actually just released a book called The Source which is available in Eason's and it's yeah it kind of delves a little bit deeper into um kinesiology and what she does but and it's really kind that you that sponsored this episode as well yeah, it's really kind that she's done that. Uh, yeah, she's just she's just amazing. That's what I'm saying. Like sometimes therapy might work for one person and mightn't work for somebody else. Kinesiology mightn't work for somebody, but it definitely works for me. Right. I love the f I love going into um going into the room and everything is so positive and so uplifting. And you literally come out and you're like, okay, what's next? What do I want to achieve with my life? And you're just yeah amazing. So I see I go to Judith once a month. Yeah, and she's 
Fabulous. Sweet. Will we give it another spin? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Number 52. Do you have it? No, nearly. No. I've got 53. Ooh, close no cigar. Number 52. The question is, when was the last time you wrote a letter? Oh. When was the last time I wrote a letter? Hmm, okay. Does Do cards count? No? I think a nice card counts. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I would write cards all the time and send them to my friends that live, like a lot of my really close friends live in different countries. So. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, a lot of them live in LA or... London, Australia, and New Zealand. And you just them cards filling them yeah, in your I, life. And I basically just, I love cards. It's really weird. And it's actually really weird. But like if I go into a shop that sells really nice cards, like I'll pick up loads of cards and I'll just have them. Or if I see a card that reminds me of one of my friends or my family member, I'll pick up the card for them. And then I might write almost like a letter to them and send and post it to them. And I think it's it's really nice. And then when my friends get them, they're always like, oh my God, you took the time to write me a card and send it. And yeah, it's lovely. We need to write more. We do. It's yeah. so, yeah, because like, as in, it's a kind of hypocritical question because, well, I like, I just don't know what my answer would be because like, yeah, like you fire off like a, a fucking Facebook message or an email like without thinking, but there's like, there, it's an amazing thing how much more personal a card is. Yeah, it's so personal. Even, yeah, like, will you write me a card sometime? Yeah, I'll write you a card for opening night. Uh, that That's true. Yes. And I'll write you one as well. Okay, great. Right. Thank you. Sweet, let's give it a spin. All right, here we go. Number 13, Unlucky and Bingo. Do you have it? No. No worries. Number 13, the question is, oh, this is a new one. You're the first person to get asked this. Great. How do you feel about being a woman? Great. Yeah. How do you feel about being a man? Uh, in, in interesting. It's a fascinating time to be a man and a woman. I think, like yeah. now in twenty eighteen, because I think like you know the roles of like genders are changing mm. a lot, and what was acceptable to do as a man, say when my dad is growing up, like isn't now, mm. and I think that the way that um that women, rightly so, have like are just not taking bullshit that they were subjected to. Yeah, for a long time. absolutely. It's like it's empowering being a woman. I feel. And um, yeah, it's it's great that society is changing mm -hmm. the preconceptions of like how it used to be. Do you years ago. do you feel a change in like a day to day? Do you feel like you know? Obviously, it, it's quite like it, it's almost like a, a, a it can be an everyday conversation. It, it, it is an everyday conversation. I think like you know the Me Too movement or Times Up and all this stuff, like in the aftermath of all this sort of stuff, mm. day to day, whether it's at like work for you, I know that's loads of different things, whether it's modeling or, you know, doing the different like um, fashion, uh, you know, articles mm. or singing, acting, whatever it is. Do you, can you like feel a perceivable difference in the way that you are treated? No, because I've never felt, I've never ever felt in anything that I've done that, you know, I wasn't, as good as the guys in the role or, um, you know, as strong as some guys that I've worked ac across from, be that in, like, anything that I've done. Mm. Uh, no, I, I don't feel that I've ever experienced that. But you never felt people, like, I guess, would talk to you differently because you were a woman or, like, have you ever, like, felt like there was, you know, a disparity in, like, what you might have been paid versus what, like, a dude might have been paid for no reason other than the fact of, you know gender i personally can't say that i've ever ever experienced that no yeah. um yeah no i i never have that's Look, amazing luckily enough so where, where then when and i think that that comes down to your, though your confidence though in your confidence in who you are and um yeah your confidence in who you are as a person though maybe that you know that might just be down to my own personality mm -hmm. that i feel like that but i feel like i'm able to hold my own yeah totally I mean like it's one of them weird things though because I'm sure uh, like if you know I'm sure for like women who've been on the wrong side of you know shitty behaviour probably like you know feel the same thing you know what I mean well like just because I this is my own personal experience obviously I don't take that away from anyone that's of course you know that's um, been subjected to that it's awful yeah like it's awful and I'm so glad that the me too movement happened and you know that um that finally things that were went under the carpet a lot of the time yeah um are coming to the surface yeah and like being in the because it's always like even on the way in we were chatting about the football 
thing that you did for was it Bardstown? Yes. Yeah, and you raised fifteen grand. It was very cool. Thank and you. I was, <laughs> I very selfishly asked you in the way, and I was like, it was like so it was like a celebrity yeah. soccer match, and you had a great lineup of people. And I was, I kind of like selfishly asked, like, so who was the least famous person you had on? Because I was kind of like, as someone who was completely not famous, I was like. I wonder, like, if you do it again, like, can I fucking be on the bench? Like, of course you can do it. And, like, and again, that's, like, how you rate somebody for how famous they are is, like, ridiculous, Tom. Me? How I do? Well, like, no, not, well. You just said, it was, you said it was a celebrity football match. Yeah, but, and like. I would be a celebrity, but, but I love no, playing football, but how you rate, but, and this is actually in, in general to everyone, but how you would rate somebody on their status or, you know, um what they've done I think is you should ne- you shouldn't judge people or rate people on on status because at the end of the day we're all just human and you know whether somebody has more money than you or whether somebody is more successful than you you should just treat everyone how you want to be treated no totally but I, I I completely agree and at the same time right if you were doing so you raised 15 grand for a charity which yes. was incredible not not solely me no sure uh, yeah myself and a team Sure, you're in yes. a team. And, but I'm sure like part of the reasoning behind, like you were saying, you had people like Glenda Gilson and Richie Sadler. And Danny from the Cronas. Uh, Johnny Ward, who's in the show with us. Yeah. Uh, Paddy Houlihan from the UFC. Great people uh, who gave yeah, up their time yeah, and were super kind. But if you had done it with like, with like me and m- fucking like my mate Bill from down the road, like you would have raised a few hundred euro. And well, that's just a fact. Okay, I yes, I get your point on this. Obviously for PR reasons and stuff and you want to generate um a buzz about what we were doing and, you know, get people involved and people who are high profile because they can promote Barrettstown and obviously they're such an amazing cause and what we wanted to do to raise the money. So yes, I get what you're saying. Mm. But when you asked me who was the least famous person. Right. I just meant as someone who I don't consider my I, like factually speaking I'm not famous right okay. so I was like I was just trying to say can I play football with you and your friends that's you all can I come wanted. and play football anytime <laughs> that's but all I wanted of course I just I just like running around on grass okay no problem you can come play football anytime you want thank you so I'll, or- I'll organise my next charity event I'm there I'm there and I'll bring a grand there you go okay daddy Stuff it in my socks. All right, here we go. Next one out the gate. We have number seven. Do you have it? I don't. No worries. Number seven. The question is, do you have any irrational fears? Okay, irrational fears. Or it could be just fears if they're all really fucking rational. <laughs> yeah, I think fears in general. Doesn't everybody have loads of fears? Yeah. Um, Like, I just have some weird fears, I guess. Like, I'm, I'm really afraid of, like, I, I'm really afraid of, like, the, the Virgin Mary visiting me. I've always been terrified of like what the fuck if she just comes <laughs> like okay that's that's actually the most random fear I've ever heard do you know what I mean say, I'm really scared of spiders uh, no no spiders are fine I mean I wouldn't like encourage them in my life but like they're fine but like it's the Virgin Mary who I'm worried about or sharks and swimming pools that's another big one yeah I yeah I have a weird fear like of water like is like it like large bodies of water the sea or yeah not like I don't wash, I do wash. Uh, no, as in like, yeah, I, I, it's so weird. This is actually really, really weird. I did a swimming lessons for about 10 years and I just, I don't know, it's bizarre. It's like my arms and my legs just don't connect. Right. <laughs> I just can't swim. Yeah. But years ago I was in, uh, years ago when I thought I could swim, I was on holiday <laughs> and. Uh, How do you think you can swim? Well, like I did lessons for 10 years surely I'm I should be able to swim right sure yeah like as a kid but like I when you're doing the lessons, lessons were you just there flapping and staying in the one spot or were you doing no legs? I like used to like wear armbands and then I could swim yeah but like without armbands I just couldn't swim right and uh I was on holidays in Spain and the pool had like the both of the ends were shallow and the middle of it was deep so I just thought because I was in both ends that it was shallow the whole way through and I sunk in the middle and then panicked and my cousin had to come and literally like almost like scoop me out of the water from underneath and throw me to the shallow end. So since then, I just really do have a, ph- a, a phobia of like swimming pools. I can't be in a swimming pool if it's really, really deep or like going into the sea, I can only go like up to like here. Yeah. It's really weird. Okay, this is a weird thing. Okay, I, I'm just going to make a statement. Feel free to join me in this or leave me hanging. Okay. When I get into the sea, okay, especially in Ireland, and like obviously it's really warm at the moment, but that might even make it worse. As a guy, as, as a as a man, speaking of gender, 
Right, I go in, feet, ah, a little bit cold, okay, to the knees, fine. But then it's as you approach, you know what I'm saying? You approach, like, okay. your genital area yeah. in the water, and it just, like, it's, it's um, <laughs> so you just need to, like, go for it. Like, you need okay. to just, like, boom, okay. jump. Cause it, jump it, in. It's too much. I feel like girls don't have that problem. I feel like it's not the same. Like, girls can just kind of, like, gradually wade in, and it's all going to be fine. Whereas, like, it's the worst thing when, like, I'm just going to say when water like hits your balls for the first time is the worst thing. Oh, okay. I'm, we're going there. Well, I mean, right. I said you didn't have to join me, but we're, we're there now. <laughs> we're there. Just jump in, Tom. I, th- uh, I think that's the lesson from today. Yeah, just jump in. I was in. talking to this about someone. It's the worst moment. I think that's honestly why I don't swim more often. I should swim more often. You see, you live nearby the sea as well. I feel I like do. you love the sea because you're always at the beach and shit. I feel like I'm my happiest when I'm on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. But I not in the water because like, you're afraid. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, like... The beach is like my happy place of zen. Yeah. And I just bring my dog Ringo and I just walk the beach and it just clears everything. Like if I've had a stressful day or... Yeah, I, I walk the beach twice a day. Really? In the morning and in the evening, yeah. Yeah, what... Like if you were to right, be on a boat, okay, and you got like fucked off the boat... And uh, like... You d- done so? I don't know though, because like I say that, but then I always do think that like you should just... Anything that you're fearful of, as scary as it is, and in the time when you're internally like, oh my God, you just have to go. You just have to go with it. Like, I remember being on a job, it's probably about eight years ago, and it was on a shoot in, in Cannes for a yacht company. And my agency had told the clients that I was able to swim. Mm. So I got there and I was just like, I'm just going to have to blag this. Yeah, where are the armbands? <laughs> and then they were like, okay, Michelle, so the shot now that we're going to, gopher and i'm on a i'm on a shoot with a with a crew of like 10 people so there's like videographers there's a couple of different photographers there's like the the producer the stylist hair and makeup there's like everybody it's a huge set a a huge um crew and they're like okay michelle so you're just gonna dive off the jetty now into the ocean and i remember thinking oh my good god how do i get out of this so I went into the bathroom and I like took a moment and I was like, right, you need to think about this. Don't panic. Don't panic. Internally, I was like, oh, shit. But I uh, I just went out and I was like, OK, I actually have a bit of a phobia. I thought I was over it, but uh, this situation has triggered it. And I just don't think I'm going to be able to do that. But they were like, OK, that's grand. We're going to put you on a lilo and we're going to put you on the lilo in the middle of the ocean. And we're going to shoot back so that the boat's in the background. So I'm on a lilo in the sea scared out of my mind but I just did it mm-hmm. I literally just did it and I I don't know what I, I don't even know what I was thinking at that that time even though I was like so scared and so like oh my god got through it. and then they're like and then you have to like try and look well at yeah. the same time so that's a fascinating thing about I've never done any modeling okay <laughs> obviously um so you should i would i, I would no i would never no. be able to do modeling you're not interested i know but i wouldn't I, I i'm sure i'd be pretty into it but like yeah you'd be so good at it because modeling is like acting y- yeah like y- y- is there a big connection uh yeah absolutely um i never ever would have thought that i could be a model right. because i'm like so short but um i did like drama all the way you know, since I was a kid and did singing and I was like used to performing on stage and I was away um, doing a show in the Canaries when I left college, I went away with a, like a cabaret show mm. and I was in the Canaries and a photographer came to see the show and he afterwards asked me would I be interested in modelling and he knew the, the owner of the theatre so I knew he wasn't dodgy because there's a lot of dodgy photographers out there that can try and get you like with your clothes off and stuff so you got to be really careful of that. Mm. Um, especially being somebody who young and not in the business and you can be a little bit more naive. But anyway, I trusted this guy and I trusted his reputation. And yeah, I I started shooting with him and then I was in the Canaries for a year and then I started actually like getting jobs, which was great. And I came back to Ireland then and I showed my friend who, um, my friend Nadia, who was a former model she was quite successful actually uh, she'd gone to America and she'd gone to Milan and she'd she'd done loads of modelling she was a little bit older than me and I showed her the shots and she sent them into Assets and the next day um, Assets rang me up and they asked could I come in for a meeting and then 
the rest is kind of history. I was with them for 10 years and mm. and I, yeah, worked professionally then in modeling. Do you? But yeah, so, so act, acting probably gave me the confidence to be able to uh, feel like I could model. So if somebody said, okay, we need you to act sad, you're able to, you're, you're, you know, you're able to look sad in a photograph. Is that kind of stuff they say, just act sad? Uh, no, it would, just dep- it would depend on what you were doing. Like if you were doing fashion modeling, right. no. Um, like editorial, uh, no. But if you were doing a commercial and they needed you to have facial expressions, well then, yeah. Do you ever, like, is it... <laughs> okay, as someone who's an actor, right, I can't think of anything worse. And, like, obviously, look, don't get me wrong, there's an element of, like, that in acting, like, in, in the sense if you're doing a photo shoot and, you like, you obviously want to look well in it yeah, if you can. Of like, but, I mean, that's not the priority. Whereas in, like, modelling... I guess, again, it depends on what kind it is, but, like, mm. sometimes, literally, the point is that you look as beautiful as possible. Yeah. Do you, like, that sounds to me like a fucking nightmare and, like, highly pressurised and, like, highly, like... That would just really, like, trigger my anxiety, I think. I think, yeah, I think you need to just trust yourself and and know that, like, you're there because you've been cast. So they obviously like your look or... um you know, they want to work with you. Mm. So you just got to trust the process. And modeling isn't for everyone. Yeah. Like I didn't, it wasn't like, I didn't grow up as a child being like, oh my God, I want to be a model. Do girls, little girls grow up thinking that? Do you know? I don't know, to be honest. Um, or boys. I don't know. And I feel like, um, at the like the way society is gone and like with social media and obviously social media is a huge part in what I do and in my work. But I feel like, I feel like we need to have more young girls growing up wanting to be doctors or teachers or, you know, heart surgeons um, as opposed to wanting to be Instagram models that are promoting protein. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Don't get me wrong. No. I do do work as an influencer. Yeah, no one's getting me wrong. And I work with fashion brands and I work with brands that I genuinely love i don't ever take a job that i do, that i really feel like i'm just endorsing something for the sake of endorsing it just because i want to get paid yeah i test everything out and i only really talk about things that i really love but i just think that yeah like less of that and more of like girls and boys getting a proper education and um yeah i don't know do you agree yeah, no, I'm t- <laughs> no, I was like, no, I want more. Is there, is there, is there a connection? Like, you know, what you were saying earlier that was interesting about like there being that element in the industry of like, you know, like photographers taking the piss and trying to take advantage of people who are naive and not yeah. up to speed. Obviously, that exists. Have you? Okay, how do I ask this question properly? What's is there like? What's the? Have you like had to basically turn down like basically get like getting naked or close to naked for things that you don't want to do it for do you know what I mean like how does that work within okay so I think like as a model and as an actress right uh, or an actor yeah uh, there's going to be times where you're going to have to be naked sure and like what's wrong with that okay this is our body and it's you know if it's art and it's tastefully done yeah well then I don't really see an issue with that right but um obviously if it's like pornographic <laughs> yeah i yeah like it's not my gig yeah um is there a connection like is in like would you know like would it be you being a model right would it be easier for you to get into that if you wanted to i know you would never do that well maybe you would like do you know models who've gone and what? done porn no okay no i don't know anyone no do you because like don't but, think we have a buzzing porn industry in ireland but maybe i'm wrong i don't think so either but like you definitely hear that in like la and stuff like you hear like yeah in la and yeah, there's it's like a massive industry, and I don't know if you've ever watched the documentary on Netflix. Yeah, it's like after the porn star or something. And yeah, just sad, sad. Like really it's sad. really, really sad. Yeah, and for people to get to that stage in their lives, that that's what they choose to do mm-hmm. as like their living. Yeah, it saddens me definitely. Have you ever and like have you done the like I I've never I've never been had to take off all my clothes for any acting thing. I had to be like shirtless and stuff before. I've never had to take off. Oh my mm. god! Have you ever like been naked for a shoot or a thing? Um, 
Semi-naked. Yeah. What's that mean? Uh, yeah, I was, I did a, I had a role in the Tudors, which, where I was one of Jonathan Rhys Meyers' fancy women. Ah. And yeah, he had to like, yeah, take my, take my clothes off. And like, how is that on set? Like, and how, because obviously like, I'm sure he wants to be like respectful and knows that like, it's just, I mean, it's just like, it's awkward. You know what I mean? Even like, I've had to do like, uh, I was in a film before and they didn't end up fucking using the footage probably because of how fucking stupid I looked in it. But it, we had to do like a sex scene, right? Yeah. And like, it is just a bit awkward. And the trick is obviously to like not make it look awkward or like make it look awkward if it needs to look awkward. But like, yeah. this is meant to be like a romantic thing. And uh, and like, it, but it was just like... Cause it is totally awkward. Like anyone that says it's not awkward. Yeah. Like it's, it's like the scene in Notting Hill mm. where the guy is... Do you, know, do you know the scene I'm talking about? No, I don't. I think it's in Notting Hill. Is that Notting Hill or My Best Friend's Wedding, basically, where it's like a sex scene at the start. It's like this guy and he's on set of a movie and he's doing a sex scene and they're basically like, it's just work. They're literally like just going through the motions and it's just work. Um, yeah, it's obviously going to be really awkward, always going to be awkward, but again, it's something that you might have to do in your career and if you want to be... Like, if it comes with your role, mm. again, I could only do something that was tastefully done. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just, it's work. Yeah, no, totally. I, it was really funny. In rehearsals, one, a few of the girls were talking about, like, having a boyfriend or, like, a friend of theirs had a boyfriend who was going, she was an actress. He was a, just, you know, whatever the fuck he was. He was mm. working in an office, right? And he couldn't deal with the fact that, like, in work, you know what I mean? Like, she would have to kiss different lads depending on what roles she was doing. Like, for example, like, mm. you know, we were talking earlier about, like, Panto, which we did last yeah. year. But, like, you've done that before where you were playing the princess and that means you're kissing some prince dude, like, twice a day for, like, three months or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Isn't that, isn't it so, because, as you said, like, it's just work because that is just yeah, work. Yeah, it's literally just work. Yeah. It, but it's so funny how someone who doesn't, isn't in the in- industry and like most people they weren't in the industry I think would be more than capable of just understanding that well yeah that is just part of your job mm. but like some people can't yeah like yeah you just have to treat it like it's just work yeah. it's like somebody going to the office every day and if that's part of your script or that's part of your scene then you just gotta do it it's kind of gas isn't it yeah it's weird sometimes like in rehearsals especially I just kind of like look around and like we're working with puppets at the moment for Copperface Jackson do you about. often feel like you want to kiss the puppet yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm just, but like, I'm just fundamentally really lonely. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no, but I mean, like, you just have your fucking hand shoved up this puppet's arse, and you're like, "What the fuck am I doing with my life?" <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Okay, very vivid. Vivid, accurate. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, go on. You just spin, spin it. It's the lucky thing about this spinner. Anything gets awkward. It's just like and spin. Number thirty-eight. Do you have it? No. You're doing so badly. Do better. I know. And I thought it was going to be, I was going to be lucky after talking about the lotto. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. This is kind of a, I'm going to bastardize this question because you do have a tattoo. Yes. What do you have? Why do you have it? Okay. So random actually this is. Mm. Um, So yeah, do you remember I said about like previously having this breakup or whatever? Yeah. Um, I'd broken up with this guy who uh, I went out with for a couple of years. He was amazing, great guy. And we'd broken up and I'd always talked that I wanted to get a tattoo, but always been, I don't know, scared of having something permanently on my body. And I'd said it enough times to my friend and I remember, yeah, I'd gone through a relationship breakup and I think it's always like you do these things when you're going through something in life, Mm -hmm. whether that's a positive or negative or whatever and I yeah I went and got a little heart and then I decided because it didn't hurt I thought it was going to really hurt mm. I decided to get a star on the other arm so there, two more things so not really not really any like big meaning yeah behind them I think I was just like in a place where I was like okay I'm gonna go and get a tattoo now oh yeah I'm like single and young free and you know uh, a bit reckless maybe <laughs> yeah yeah but you like them now like you don't no, them. yeah i love them no i love them and i'd like to get another one actually mm. and like my mom used to always say to me oh my god what about in your wedding dress and i think i always had that in my mind and that's why i p- it probably took me 
so long to like think about it and then get it done. But I do remember actually getting it done and being like, oh my God, that moment of like, what did I just do? I remember being like, oh my God, why did I do that? But yeah, I've grown to love my tattoos. I love tattoos in general. Yeah. What, what, if you get the third one, what, where and what would you get? Do you know? Uh, yes, I do know. I've thought about this now. I don't know if I will get this because I do think it's quite big. But I wanted to get across here. Mm. What would you call this? Yeah, oh. um, the, like the fold of your arm. Kind of the like fold of your below arm. your biceps. Sort of. I'd love to get um, my mom's heartbeat. You know the way, oh. you know the way like if you go into a hospital yeah. and they take your heartbeat mm-hmm. and it's like all kind of like jagged. Yeah. I'd love to get my mum's heartbeat there. That's really sweet. Are you yeah. very close with your mum? Yeah. Yeah, really close with my mum. So. How would, like, what, like, do you tell your mum everything? No. No? No, not at all. Okay, gas. Uh, I love no. this. Okay, let's talk about this. What? No, I'm really close with my mum, but yeah, I don't. I, no, I think that's great. I, I no, don't what? tell her everything now. Look, I'm not, uh, sorry, I, I, I'm going to make a sweeping statement for the fun of it, but like, like I never trust people who are like my mom's my best friend. Like I just don't get it. Like if you tell your mom everything, I, and like I'm not, I'm, I'm saying that for of course. If you tell your mom everything, that's fucking fine. But like I don't get it. I love my mom too. But like I absolutely only tell her like I tell her loads, but I tell her like a, a select bunch of things that like first of all aren't gonna embarrass her. Yeah. Or, me, or yeah, of course. Or like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, like, if, like yeah. Like I remember years ago, um, when I like I moved out, moved out of home when I was. I think 18. Right. And I remember my mom finding like all my own, my old diaries. So I kept a diary from only up until recently. Mm. And I still kind of journal even now, but I kept a diary like throughout my whole life. And I remember she found like an old diary and it was like, in it was like the fact that I jumped out the back window when she was asleep and had an all nighter like drinking alcohol with my friends thinking this was hilarious mm. and she never knew she thought I was in bed asleep so I was a bit bit wild when I was younger I was a bit of a brat right. but um, yeah like things like that and then she found the diary and she was like oh my god I just I never I never knew that or like just like little things like I snogged a boy what? yeah like when you're young when you're like 50 like 13, 14, 15 yeah. like you're not going to go like go home and at the dinner table be like yeah mom you know what I I kissed a boy tonight like I well personally some people might but I um, think it's weird I when people don't. do that yeah I just don't I just think that like yeah there's some things that you talk to your your mom or your dad or your family about and then there's some things that you just don't yeah it's interesting isn't it yeah but I I would be very open with my friends if you get me yeah 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 so like my best friend is uh Karina um my friend Karina and I feel like she knows me more than I know myself. Right. And I would talk to her about everything. Everything. Literally everything. Like, yeah. All right. You don't have to tell me, but like think in your head right now of one secret, like you've not told Karina. No, like I literally feel like I've told her everything. I feel like she knows. Yeah. She's the person that I turn to in like times where I'm like, oh my God, I need your advice or, oh my God, I'm feeling stressed or, um, yeah. And she's really level, which is great. Like she's, such a level-headed person and never judges and is always like so good for advice mm. she just always seems to give me the right advice Touchwood. yeah she hasn't gone wrong we've been best friends for like 12 years and she hasn't gone wrong yet so hey good fingers crossed right let's just yeah. give this a spin uh, okay here we go number 36 do you have it no I'm getting like 37, 16, 53. So I'm always like nearly there and then just not quite. Just just not quite there. Not anyway, quite. look, good things are always happening, Michelle. Uh, number yes. 36. How do you feel about being the age you currently are? Hmm. Okay. Right. So I'm 32. Okay. At the moment, I still feel like I'm 22. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people treat you differently because I'm... 32 and single yeah so it's very much like oh my god like when are you going to find a husband when are you going to get married when are you going to have kids the time is ticking your clock is ticking all of these kind of um questions Mm. come up quite a bit right being the age that i am and a woman yes so oh so maybe back to your that's what i was that's what i was just thinking to your question your previous question yeah so people do ask that a lot oh yeah and it's like when are you going to get married have you met anyone um 
when when are you going to have kids? One, it's like, one, what if I don't want to get married? Two, what's the pressure in having to meet somebody? And three, what if I wasn't able to have children? Yeah. So like, these are all questions that I'm like, you know, should you ask that question to somebody? Mm-hmm. I don't think you should. Right. Because you just never know what somebody's going through or whether they're going through IVF or whether they need to get a surrogate or whether, you know, you just don't know what anybody is going through. So I just don't feel like um, it's a question that should be asked. But yeah, feeling 32. I, I remember feeling like, so I became single, uh, I came out of a long relationship um, when I was 30. And I remember being like, oh my God, like, I'm 30. Mm. This is scary. Mm. And then I also, like, for a split second, and then I also felt like it was such a liberating time to become single and to, like, uh, get to re-know myself and what I love and what I want to do with my life and all, like, literally, like, plan out my life, all of the travel, all of the places that I wanted to see, what I wanted to do career-wise. Like, it was such a liberating time and like actually 30 is probably one of the best one of my best years and my favorite years mm. i really felt like i actually got to know myself um well i remember you telling that story yeah. to me the other day about the the girls at the wedding yeah and like the girls basically just being like you know i think it was that was when you they were, were panicked they were like we were all at a wedding but you were still in the relationship at that i time, was still right? in the relationship but they were all saying oh my god but like what oh we were all 30 oh my god what would happen if we became 30 like our life would end like what would we do we if, wouldn't meet anyone else if they broke if they were if broken they, up if with. they broke up with their boyfriend yeah. or their fiancés at the time and I was like I just thought to myself no lads you're thinking wrong because there's a huge world out there like with however many thousands of people and you never know what's around the corner or who you're going to meet or like and whether that's you're 30 or whether that's your 40 or whether that's your 50, 60, 70, 80, you just never know what's around the corner. So yeah. like you shouldn't fear something that could happen. Like people, people fall out of love all the time and people break up and people move on and you know, it's life. Mm-hmm. There's a new question that I added in the other day. It didn't come up, but I kind of just want to ask you anyway. Go. Like, have you been heartbroken and how would you describe it? Yeah. I've definitely... I've definitely been heartbroken. So you think you've been in love? Yes. Okay. How many times? Um, this is going to be really bad if any of my ex-boyfriends listen to this. And they're like, am I in the four? <laughs> I feel like I've been lo- in love like three times in my life. Right. Like three big loves. Yeah. Um, and what are their names? I'm joking. No, yeah. I feel like I've been in love three times in my life. Right. Uh, where it's like, it like hits you really deep. It's like, yeah. And what does be, that feel like? Yeah. It's like, um, it depends if the relationship is a really, really good relationship. Then obviously like being in love is the most amazing thing. And I love love. Yeah. I have to say like, I love being in love. I love being in a relationship. What, what were you listening to on the radio on the way in? The love zone? Yeah. Yeah. The love zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love love. Yeah, that's I think good. that's good. Me too. Good I do way too. To be. Like I'm a very, and that goes in like all aspects of life. Like I love my family. I love, I love my friends. I love my dog. Like I love life. Like that's me yeah. as a person. Um, and I think that that's how I like live my life. But um, yeah, I've been, yeah, I've definitely been madly in love mm. and I've definitely had my heart broken. Yes. Yeah. What, what's, what, what does being heartbroken look like for you, like on a day-to-day thing? Like, well, and, and I suppose another version of heartbroken was probably what happened with the, the, the Louis Oz yeah. band. You know what I mean? Oh, like that was, de- I was definitely heartbroken then. Yeah. Like it was definitely heartbroken And is then. that what it looks like for you? Is it staying in bed? It's like not eating or eating too much or drinking or not drinking or what? what, what is it? Yeah, I think it just, I think it's different for a different, each different circumstance. Right. Um, I, I know that when I was heartbroken out of a relationship, it just kind of feels like you're, you feel sick. Yeah. You literally just physically feel sick. Like it's like, yeah, you just, it's like a, yeah, like you're a gut wrenching kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, and then you just pick yourself up and you just move on because as I said, um, I feel like it's really important to go through those emotions and to feel like that and allow yourself time to grieve because you are grieving a relationship, Mm -hmm. um, the end of a relationship and, 
quite often that person has been a huge part of your life and yeah. has been a confidant and has been like your best friend and when you break up with somebody that's all gone so it's about like adjusting to life you know after that person it almost feels like a death yeah um yeah but you it, i don't know it makes you stronger and it makes you and as i said like it's it was kind of liberating for me right um and to 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 know how strong you are and like do you is this one of the, your longest times being single yeah and you we, we talked about this like off mic before and you're like you just love it at the moment yeah like um i love it because i'm like the independence of it more so than like yeah i love i love it because i'm independent i love it because of what i'm doing at the moment um my my focus is my only focus at the moment is the show which is amazing and work um and obviously my family my friends and my dog and stuff but uh yeah I don't know yeah I'm really enjoying it and mm. it's not for like it's not for like going out every weekend and like dating loads of people or anything but it's it's kind of nice as I said just to get to know yourself again and to know what you want and to, yeah to know what you want and to know what you want for your next relationship and the lessons that you've learned in previous relationships mm-hmm. for going forward okay I have a weird question to ask you. Go. You're, you're full like, of weird questions. These have all been weird questions. No. But, uh, okay. As someone who, you know, works as a model, right? And like, and and, and all the, like, and as an actor and as a singer and all the, the stuff, right? You have like a really big, um, like, uh, CV or whatever the word is. Like, you've done a lot of things, like, at a really high level, which is amazing. Uh, and you're also, you're also like a very beautiful person, like, inside and out. You're lovely and, like, Thank you're also you. attractive, I think. Do you think Are you that hitting on me? Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> How's it going? Is it working? No, but do you think that guys like all right, like do you think that guys find it harder to hit on you to use your own word? Or do you do you think that like have you ever found that people kind of actually will are intimidated or are slow to ask you out because they're like, oh, she'd never say yeah, sort of a thing? Do you even do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't ever I don't ever come across I don't know because I feel like I'm quite a warm person and right, no, quite an approachable person. So you, you totally I are. would I would hate for anyone to feel like, um, you know, to feel like that. Yeah. And it probably comes back to like what I spoke about earlier on about we're all just human. Yeah, me being nobody playing the football tournament. Yeah, but like nobody is better than anyone, and you know we're all just doing our thing mm. in this crazy world called life. Yeah. And trying to yeah trying to get through it and be as happy as possible and be as healthy as possible and that's it really um so i don't know i don't know i don't know if people like i don't know if they yeah. approach me or whatever I don't no know. i don't know well you, but you are very like i think you're very approachable you know what i mean thank you yeah yeah no, i think you are but i was just curious because uh yeah it is a thing like i even know myself right like if i was like um yeah like if you because, I mean, everyone's afraid of, like, being hurt or, like, rejection and stuff, you know what I mean? Because it just doesn't feel good. So I think you definitely, I think after going through, like, heartbreak or anything like that, yeah, definitely, you're, there's a lot of things that you, you might have a wall up. um, Yeah, and there's there's loads of things that you're, you know, you might be fearful of. But I think if you're, if you're to let all those fears in, mm. you'll never move forward. So it's about recognizing that as i said and uh going through it and feeling all those crazy emotions that you feel when you're going through a breakup and yeah and then each day you kind of slowly and gradually get stronger and you get happier and you you know you feel like you want to put yourself out there more and yeah you start to have fun again yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah right i think we have time for one more spin go let's do it let's hope it's one of my numbers let's try to get your number okay here we go number 42 no. Oh fuck. Jesus. What a disappointment. I know. We waited all these months. Seriously. Jesus Christ. All right, number 42. Uh the question is, oh, this is kind of um this is actually kind of a nice one. Uh if there was one thing you could change about Ireland, what would it be? The fact that there's so many homeless people on the streets. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Right. Like Yeah, that's how I feel. I think it's disgraceful that in 2018 that we still have such a massive homeless crisis Mm -hmm. um and like kids on the street and seeing families um families like families of five living in 
one bed hotel rooms mm. or like not one bed but you know what I mean like a living in I'm hotel sure. rooms yeah, it's yeah, totally. it's shocking really is shocking I think that um yeah something really needs to be done yeah totally fuck it let's give it one more go just I want to try loving get talking you a number. T- talking to me I just don't it's like it's like I, I you just don't want it to end you feel like you're on a date <laughs> Where's my dinner? <laughs> We've been just holding hands the whole time and no one can see. <laughs> uh, okay. Number 59. Oh, fuck. You don't have that either, do you? You don't have that either. Oh, well, I'll Spin it again. Come on. One more. One just, more. You just want to keep going? Yeah. Just okay. one more. All right. I won't even ask you the question then. It was about your phone. The question was 51? No. For fuck's sake, Michelle. Just give me 51 anyway. Okay. Oh, this is kind of a good one too. Okay, go. Uh, if you could choose one person to for you to interview you were to be doing my job with someone else, like apart from interviewing me, because I know you don't want to do that, but other than that. It would be Oprah. Oprah. Mm. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, what would you ask her? I listened to her audiobook. Right. What I Know For Sure, mm. uh, recently, and she's just had the most interesting life, and, like, interesting life, and, like, sad points to her life and how she overcame so many obstacles and so many hurdles and to become where as successful as she is and I feel like she's quite a warm person mm-hmm. Um, she's quite a very open person as well and I love how she interviews people she makes she puts everybody at ease mm-hmm. and um, yeah her life story is just really 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 interesting mm. she um got pregnant really young and um, in a society where it was like so, it was really taboo, and she hid hid the pregnancy. Um, she hid the pregnancy her whole life basically, and it was one thing that was almost like the elephant in the room, and and something that she never wanted the media to find out. And one of her family members betrayed her and basically leaked her secrets to the media, and it's how she dealt with that and how she overcame all that and. Yeah, she's f- she's phenomenal. She's somebody that I really look up to, and her her whole like mantra in life and how she thinks about life and how she goes about her life and she's incredible. Yeah, she's very inspiring. It's a good answer, Michelle McGrath. Thanks for playing personality. What can Bingo. I say? This is Thank great. You. Who would you interview? Who would I interview? Yeah, if you could interview one person in the whole world. I don't. Th- you're not going to know who it is, but he's he's this guy called. Uh, oh, it's gonna be something to do with football. It has to be. No, well, I'd, I'd love to interview Glenn Hansard. Oh yeah, amazing. I'd, I'd love to interview Glenn Hansard, and then this other guy who's a comedian and he hosts a podcast, and his name is Pete Holmes, and he's like my podcasting hero, and just I think he's an amazing person. He like changed my life via yeah. a podcast, just by the way he thinks about the world a little bit. But he maybe he's similar to your Oprah actually. Um, so yeah, and Glenn Hansard, like Glenn Han- if Glenn Hansard, if anyone knows Glenn Hansard, you ever met Glenn Hansard? Hmm, have I? actually I don't think I have right if you ever do if I do meet him though I'm gonna tell him that Tom Warren wants to meet him and more oh <laughs> okay don't tell him that sorry Glenn please do it um, <laughs> thanks so much for doing this why don't you tell the people about any social media any blogs any articles and maybe about a little musical coming to the Olympia yeah, Theatre yeah a little musical coming to the Olympia Theatre uh, so Tom and I yes are um, in Copperface Jack's The Musical which is coming to the Olympia Theatre from July 5th and it's running until August 12th and you can follow me on Instagram Twitter uh, Michelle McGrath M-I-C-H-E-L-E McGrath I only have one L and everybody always gets it wrong and they're always like why do you only have one L and I'm like that's how my mother gave it to me it's yeah. French yeah so yeah Gas. you can find me on that yeah Copper's is going to be great crack people, it is. people yes. should come it's a great cast let's name all the team so it's being directed by Carol Broderick that's a little inside joke. It's been directed by Carl Harper. Carl Harper. He's uh, fantastic. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, Choreographer is Debbie Kiernan. And Donald Shields is producing Darren Smith. And it's written by the brilliant Paul Howard, yes. who's so funny. I Fabulous. Wonder what, what and Paul tell our cast. We've got an, yeah, no. an incredible cast. Johnny Ward. Yes. Rosanna Purcell. Yes. Stephen O'Leary. Yeah. I'm so weird. I'm going to forget something now. Yeah, go on. I'm just like keeping you now. Kelly Marini Kelly. Or yeah. Kelly. I don't know how she likes it to be said. Yeah. Uh, Rachel O'Connell. Yeah. Mark Fitzgerald. Yep. Shane, Shane Fallon. Yeah. 
Michelle McGrath, yeah, 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 yeah. You're here. <laughs> Fuck off. Like, is that it? Did we leave anyone out? No. No, that's it. That's it. Uh, and it's great. It's with Verdon Productions and it's in the Olympia and it's going to be great crack. It's going to be great crack. So come and see it. Michelle McGrath, thank you for playing Personality Bingo. Thank you so much. So guys, that was a brilliant Michelle McGrath playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. Michelle, if you're listening, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it. It was a pleasure, as always, to chat to you. As I said, come check us out at the Olympia Theatre. We are there right the way through July and August. Um, we're previewing this Thursday, which is bonkers, uh, but it's going to be great fun. Uh, as I said, the show is just, it's really funny. It's probably, it's up there with the funniest things I've worked on. <laughs> I was too afraid to say the funniest thing in case someone gets fucking offended, but it's gas. It's written by the brilliant Paul Howard, and the cast is just stellar. Uh, it's directed by Carl Harper Carl Sinnott is the MD uh, Debbie Kiernan it's just an all, all-star cast uh, and crew across the board and I'd love for you to see it um, but before we worry about all that just a few quick thank yous to the wonderful Leah Moore and Anthony Manley for our deadly theme music um, to Connor Nolan for the brilliant artwork uh, to Michelle for taking the time to do it for you for listening and also to the brilliant um, Paddy O'Leary and Alan Bennett for uh, having us aboard the Head Stuff podcast family uh, guys Tune back in next week where we'll be bringing you another episode of Personality Bingo with Tom Moore.